0: Welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Club. My name is Jessamy G, and I am rejoined, reconnected with my darling, beautiful, <laughs> amazing Miss Alice Edie, who can it's breathe me. through all of her face. <laughs> I have the faculty of my noses, back, sinuses, yes. nose, singular. And we're um, also back um, back on Wurundjeri Land. You've been away in Queensland this yeah. week and some sun. So I'm um, happy to be here recording on Wurundjeri Land as we always do. Yeah. How's your trip? Oh, it was so it was so good. I flew up for work on
1: the Monday. So I've flown up on the Sunday night
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and then extended it for a couple of days just Love to have that. some ocean time and to defrost from Melbourne winter. And I added an extra day, like the client paid for a hotel for the first two nights, which was really nice. And then I just added an extra night at a hostel. At a hostel?
0: (laughs) Tell me everything.
1: This is so crazy that I have met. I'm 36 years old. I've never done this before. And this is such an iconic part of, like, people's 20s, early 30s, maybe. Like, this is a... I'd say 20s. (laughs) Firmly 20s. (laughs) See, I don't even know. Um, And it was so fun. There are honestly so many thoughts, so much layers and things to unpack within the space of a night. But that experience of going to this place full of just humans who are traveling and moving through space and like forming these micro communities that are defined by the fact that they're transitory. Also being around people with really truly that carefree feeling. Yeah. It it made me feel old, but it made me feel young as well because there were definitely parts that I was like, oh yeah, I'm still... I'm still hip to the kids
0: <laughs> is that what you were gonna I say I, I heard <laughs> myself saying it I was like oh god <laughs> oh no yeah um how fun yeah, I mean it awesome I haven't been to a hostel since I was like 18 I think that was so when I did that trip or um, um, possibly early 20s I think maybe I stayed at a hostel in New Zealand I would have been a little bit older um but um I, it was just the best like for that age particularly it was like our first time being away from home for for an extended period of time but you're right the social aspects of it are fascinating like how quickly people form these little like subgroups and and how good people are at socially organizing themselves Without thinking about it, like it's a natural How thing. How the that we dynamics do. Yeah.
1: emerge in that space. Yeah, it's completely fascinating. And at dinner, I say dinner, sort of there's the communal area, the communal kitchen. And I was sitting, um, I'd taken my Kindle because I was, I don't know what the right phrasing is. Like I wasn't nervous and I wasn't feeling shy, but I was just quite aware that I was quite a bit older than most of the people there. First yeah. Year. And I didn't want to, I don't know, I didn't. I didn't know what the dynamic was and I didn't know yeah. what was required and I didn't know who knew who or, or, or what their story sure. was. Yeah. So I kind of had my safety Kindle there. Cute. For supper, and I was sitting at the table and I was eating my, um, my choice of meal for the night, which I think was, was really...
0: Was it frozen blueberries?
1: <laughs> it was one level up. <laughs> you just... See me, Jess. Thank you. Get you, you, babe. So I'd bought a tin of tuna and then I'd bought a box of pre sliced cheese, and then I was using the pre
0: sliced cheese as the base for the tuna. Alex. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong, I would 100% (laughs) eat that. But, but yeah. it's a bit blank, <laughs> <laughs>
1: So that's, just, that's what I was doing. <laughs> You're adorable. And they were just they're kind of like watching the group sort of sit at the table and who was chatting to who. And I could tell, like, it was really cute. There were these two girls chatting next to me early 20s yeah. like I'm at the point where I can't tell the difference between a 19 year old and a 24 year oh, old
0: I think everyone is my age like everyone <laughs> I always have when I was 24 everyone was yeah, 24 yeah. I'm 38 everyone's 38 I don't know I
1: was like I know that they're young I was like I, I get that they kind of have that like undergrad feeling about sure. them but that could mean anything like that could be 19 it could be 23 yeah but yeah, just, and eventually like chatting to them and it was so fun and so interesting. And the one girl was like this diver and she's super into sharks and just watching, like learning these fragments of people's lives and fascinations. And yeah, it was just like, she was lighting up talking about sharks. And can I tell you, can I tell you one, one shark fact? Thanks. Okay. So she, she had a hammerhead shark tattoo on her inner arm. Cool. Awesome, straight away. I was like, yeah, she's my hostile friend, you guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, choose, I choose you. Um she's Swiss and she's an engineer. And she was so excited about hammerhead sharks from the engineering
0: perspective. Oh, that's amazing. Right?
1: I know. I'm like, this is a conversation that I never thought my life would involve. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? <laughs> like how? So she was saying how what, what she loves about them is apparently – Obviously, they're famously just because they're so weird looking, but they're so fast. They're like the mm. fastest shark or one of the fastest sharks. And it's because of the design of their head, which if you think about it, looks a little bit like the front of a or the back of a Formula One car. She didn't say this. This is me extrapolating. But that kind of like
0: flat. I don't but know. The spoiler. Yeah. But <laughs> I know I know about cars, don't worry about it. Sharks, <laughs> um, sharks but, and cars. But there's on a cars. reason that's on the back of the car, not the front of the car. I would have thought that that would not be particularly aerodynamic, no. Well, listen to this, two <laughs> fucking idiots who know absolutely nothing about cars being like, or oh, shucks. yes, but shouldn't know. <laughs> Or doesn't make sense. I'm poking holes physics. in an engineer's story being like, yeah, I don't know about that. doesn't
1: sound right. She <laughs> explained the whole thing and I was doing that classic thing of like nodding. <laughs> Nodding along because the person is explaining it in a way that's very compelling. But then immediately afterwards, you just have no, you're like, no, I don't know. Is there a test? Because I don't fucking know. But the thing that I do remember was she was like, they're super fast. And because they're so weird looking, people think that they're more of the prehistoric, like they look like a weird ancient prehistoric
0: thing. Yeah. But actually, they're the newest shark. Right, you go. And I mean, now at the risk of making this a test, do you like what does what does a new shark? Is that like hundreds of thousands of years, or like did he come around in the (laughs) nineties? I don't know what the shark timeline is. It's a
1: great question and one that our readers, I'm uh, readers, listeners, (laughs) someone (laughs) write in with with a shark.
0: Yeah. But um there you go. Yeah, I just, would have thought that too. I they look very that dinosaury. So cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: They're, that's they look dinosaur, but they're not. They're new. Yeah. Any further information, I'm I i do not know. I'm Should not Should I make that into a I haven't
0: made a pull cool <laughs> quote tile for a while, but I feel like that probably, <laughs> that probably calls for that. This is such an educational podcast. I know. It's truly so enlightening. Hey, did you um make your Dinner choice of tuna and cheese slices in order to appear youthful. <laughs> <laughs> mm,
1: to be That's honest, part of your master no. plan. No. Hey kids. Hey, hey guys. What? <laughs> um, no, there. I do not That's So funny. I'm like, is that what youths
0: eat? <laughs> got my lunchables. Oh I've got, like, yeah, like a just a bottle of milk. <laughs>
1: Uh, no it was a purely um the it was a laziness based choice there was a petrol station around the corner okay that was that was pretty much it but i did consider i was like wow tuna Mm, that's a bold move for a shared space oh yeah it's like eating a boiled egg in a open plan office
0: yeah eggs much worse so i feel like tuna particularly if it's flavored it's not that bad unless Mm. you're cooking it
1: Yeah, yeah, no. I, uh, I was just like, well, this is happening. It's this or I don't know.
0: I feel like probably at least once a week, I say the words, "Is that eggs or farts?" (laughs) 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 Because Dan often eats boiled eggs. It's boiled eggs and farts. We all do it. We all do it. It's a very confronting smell when you walk Aww. downstairs and you. I need to know this what's in the, my nose, this, eggs or farts. The,
1: the thing that's <laughs> so interesting to me is that it makes a difference. <laughs>
0: it does. It does. Why, though? Because if you're thinking about smelling someone's farts, you're thinking about their little, like, fart poo particles going inside you. Like, if I knew it was eggs... Like I wouldn't feel bad about being like, what's that? It's eggs. But I don't want to go like if I'm unsure because I don't want the fart to go inside More me. inside you. Do you remember yeah. that scene in
1: Fleabag where the, the two sisters, Fleabag and her sister, are inside an elevator with the catering on their way to an event? Oh, I do
0: remember this, yeah. And
1: Fleabag farts and another woman gets into the elevator and the sister just gives her this death stare. And then the woman, there's like a pause and you're kind of waiting you're like, oh, God. And then the woman who steps and just goes... Mmm, delicious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, and you, I know, you watch it.
1: It's so Your awful. whole body just recoils. It's so oh. For that reason, because you know that she's, like, taking this deep inhale. I'm like, that was inside someone's
0: colon. Yes, exactly. And that's, it's like, this is fascinating. It's taking us a year like, to get to fart chat. Yeah. But <laughs> here we are. But it's the same if, like, say... If you were to smell parmesan cheese out of context, you'd be like, there's vomit somewhere, something yeah. is wrong. In context, you're like, mmm, delicious. Yeah. Yeah. That's the classic. It's like a gym bag or cheese. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same. And smell. it does, it matters. And it completely switches your like whether it is repulsive or delicious. Yeah. But it's the same or very similar scent.
1: It's pretty it's pretty amazing because that really does tell you in quite a literal visceral way like the importance of storytelling mm. like that because that is all that it and, it and that is the pure difference between being disgusted and wanting to vomit or loving a thing and wanting to put it inside your mouth yeah so okay yeah, speaking speaking <gasps> speaking Where of are we going? <laughs> okay so i have a it's not quite a dilemma it's quite a low stakes dilemma but i still really wanted to ask your advice on this because i did de- okay <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so for a friend's birthday on Saturday, mm-hmm. we went to a very fancy Melbourne restaurant, very respected, notable place. Mm-hmm. It was 110 rand a rand. Oh my god. <gasps> Where do you live, oh, Alice <sighs> Five years, six years later, wow. Wow. Because I can't even bring myself to say $110 a <laughs> That's crazy. Um, yes. Yeah, okay, so on, it was like on. five five courses, $110, and then obviously wine on top of that. Yeah. It was a special occasion. It was a group of us girls went out. So it was a treat and, and amazing. Yeah. Okay, amazing experience, incredible service. The food was delicious. There was way too much of it. So by the end, was feeling like quite full and quite uncomfortable but I put that down to my general gluttonous self Mm -hmm. which is which is fair and then we kind of got back to her place and this was at about 11 or maybe 11 30 got back to her house and I started just feeling like not quite nauseous but just not not good Mm. by midnight we were in an uber home and I was with a friend of mine Wendy and I just was like I was like dude I'm I'm not good. Something's not right. Um, and then you know when you know you're gonna be sick. Cause she kind of was also like, Yeah, I'm also really like not feeling good. Like that food was pretty rich. And the, it was like the second she was saying like food and rich, I was like, I was like, we need to not talk about that. Like I so, mean uh. and then I was like, Oh God, like it's happening. Cause you know how it is, like the second you hear when you're feeling sick and someone discusses like the food, you, you're yes. like, oh, Okay, we're on our way to like this is happening. Yeah. This is not yeah. nothing. And, and luckily as a part of a separate story, I had in my tote bag, like a big glass jar that oh. my very dear friend, Marion had given me some soup earlier in the week when I was sick and I was returning her glass jar to her, soup free. And uh, Marion had been like, no, don't worry about it. You can keep it. So I had, fortunately, like a liter and a half glass jar. What are the odds? I know. What about the right? odds? I'm like, it's an unfortunate situation, but I literally was like, we're on Hoddle Road. It's it's like past midnight. There is nowhere to pull over and stop. And in a very short space of time, I was like, it went from being like, I feel bad, to I was like, oh, this is fucking, this is happening. So I pull this jar. Out of my bag.
0: <laughs> I wonder if the Uber driver was like she carries this around because this bitch does this all the time. That's oh, my Saturday night puke jar.
1: It was so efficient. It was so vile because also like you get it's glass, so you you can see yeah. everything, and it's just like it was it was a bad time. But you know when you're feeling oh, that, you're like, sorry that happened. You just don't even care. You're like I just want to die yeah. and get this over. Oh yeah. And Wendy's so sweet. She's just stroking my hair. She's like we're nearly home. Oh. We're nearly home. like it was. So cute. Anyway, and it's, um, I just felt so bad. I'm like so sorry to the driver who obviously thinks I'm really drunk at this point and I wasn't. But yeah. anyway, and I finished, put the lid on the jar <laughs> and then just have like a big old jar of puke to like take home at the end of the What did you do with trip. it? I literally, like, I was like, I want to take a photo, but what am I going <laughs> to do? do with it? I'm like, I hate this about myself. But I was like, because I just felt, I don't know, it's like an animal I was like, so I was like, well, now I have a... am like, I want to show someone.
0: I, I get it. It's like <laughs> I was saying yeah, the other week with the sneeze. Like, she's proudly showing. It's so my weird. Boyfriend I know, snot. but it, it's mm. so like there's something so you're like, look, look. I made this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's so gross. I think it is it kind was, of a weird version of uh, that, though. Like, it's not like pride isn't the right yeah. word, but there, but it's sort of like yeah like Here's this th- came out of me. Yeah. Here's the thing I did
1: yeah. <laughs> you guys are all having babies well <laughs> I've got puke <future>. jar. <laughs> Our bodies can all make things, okay um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I took, I took like a one kind of blurry photo just in the elevator because I felt better immediately. Right. Yeah. And the story is going somewhere, but like, I just took a kind of photo in the elevator reflection and sent it to all the girls in the group. Cause I just, I was like, I just want to show you. Like I was also, I don't know. I always feel like, um, some part of me feels like, um, everyone's going to think I'm making it up. Like, not Aww. that group specifically, but just my whole life. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, but you say you're sick, but I feel like everyone secretly thinks you don't feel as bad as you do. Aww. I was like, look, but I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Anyway>. Finally, proof. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't making it. Up. Um, mm-hmm. So, all of this to say, okay, so when the dust settles, yeah. what to what? And, oh, and then the last piece of this. So, Wendy, who was in the Uber with me, and we were sitting next to each other at the restaurant, was also sick two hours later.
0: Oh, wow. so it stops okay. just
1: being, I'm feeling something weird. Like they And it was the only thing we'd eaten in common. Yeah. At all. So like, it's, it has to be from the restaurant. Yeah. So what is the etiquette or, I don't know, etiquette or practice around? This is like, this is not, not, this was not just takeaway from somewhere for yeah. 25 bucks. Like this jar of vomit in my hand costs $150. Yeah. That's not nothing. Yeah. So like, we kind of discussed it within the group and the, the girl sort of contacted the restaurant and let them know. Yeah. And they got back to her saying, okay, what can we do to make it right? Mm -hmm. Which is a fair response from them because they can't time travel. Yeah. And it's not even about, I don't know. I just felt, I'm like, I'm not trying to be a dick, but also. The alternative is you've also asked me to pay like more than a hundred bucks for a meal that like literally wasn't even in my digestive system for an hour. That that's also
0: not ethical. I don't think. I don't know. I'm just trying to work so what are you what are you up, what would you have liked them to do?
1: Well this is this is what I'm saying, is I actually have no idea. But it just feels wrong to me to do nothing.
0: Yeah, but, but so you've already not done nothing because they've contacted them. So I think that was definitely the right thing to I mean, for no other reason. Sorry, not for no other reason, but obviously like other people's safety yes. is yeah. important yeah, yeah, as well. Exactly. And good for them to know. So that's good. Now they've gotten back and said, "What can we do?" So your question is, "What can how do? do how do you answer that yeah. question? What can they do?" Um, well, it's it's up to what you want. I mean, I think it would be perfectly reasonable to ask for your money back. Do you, so, do you think that? I think so. That was kind of if it of made my you violently sense- ill in like if if you got food poisoning from there and it cost you one hundred and thirty dollars, I think that's reasonable, but I've never been in this situation. Also, I'm someone that will literally eat something I'm allergic to, so I don't have to send it back. (laughs) So like, I may not be, I'm I'm up here like, yes, I think that's reasonable. Would I do it? Probably not. Only because I'm a massive fucking wuss. But if I wasn't a massive fucking wuss, I think, yeah, I I don't think that's unreasonable. And also like, all you can do is ask, be kind. Yeah. And, you know, it's because at the end of the day, the person you're having that conversation with was not the person that who, who cooked and prepared that meal or probably even bought those ingredients. Right. So they're now trying to fix a problem that, that they are responsible for, but it's not their fault. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying like, look, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I spent one hundred and thirty dollars on this meal. I was really excited about it. That's actually quite a big chunk of money for yeah. me. Um, I guess you know if there's a possibility of having that reimbursed, or I mean, you could like go back there, but you may not want know, to yeah. have another like, vomit, <laughs> I I don't think there's any harm in it. I don't think it's rude to ask. Okay, I think I think yeah. that
1: was what I was wondering because that was my my feeling on that was that that felt fair, just because. The alternative is me paying them for nothing. Yeah, I mean the experience, but I don't know. It just it feels it feels wrong to me for not like if they came back and they were like shit sorry and I'm like yeah don't worry about it just letting you know. Yeah, I'm like that to me also feels icky. I'm like well it's not just letting you know though. Like I don't yeah, know. um, but it's hard also when there's a group and you don't want to be that crazy person either when. I don't know. Like you don't want to make a group event that was super fun and it was a great evening. The part that was shit was afterwards. But now if you you like the group chat is around this, I don't know. It also made but me feel like. I don't want to take away from that experience.
0: But why? How is it relevant to the group? Why are the Why is the whole group involved? I, don't
1: know. I guess because it was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because it was in the – I guess because I raised it in the group chat and yeah. we paid as one. Uh-huh. So it's us paying back a friend. So she's yeah. got to be the one to contact the restaurant. I offered to do it directly, but she was happy to do it. Mm-hmm. But it's like – I don't know. It just feels like putting her in a weird position because it's like – Yeah, I wouldn't managing. ask someone else to do that on my behalf. Okay, you would do it directly. Yeah, yeah okay. I think I should have been maybe more. I did offer, but she was happy to do it. But I think I maybe should have just like
0: – Well, I it. think if you're – I think fine if she was happy to do it, they're like letting them know part. Yeah. If she was sort of the organizer, I feel like that's fine. But if if there's now further conversation of them saying, what do we do to make this right? And then that decision is on you on what yeah, that thing okay. is and it's yeah. not got anything to do with her. And unless she is someone who just like loves confrontation no. and wants to be.
1: Is the opposite. Yeah. So she
0: like I don't think that yeah. like I wouldn't like to be in her position yeah, as exactly. someone who doesn't love confrontation either. Exactly. <laughs> um yeah, I wouldn't want to do that on someone else's behalf because that's, you know, your from I think from this point on, it's your decision what you want to do yeah. and then your responsibility to contact them and tell them what that is.
1: See, this is why I love you. That's fucking great advice. And it's like, it's such a simple difference, but I hadn't quite got there myself. I think cause I was still busy being like, is it even reasonable to ask for money back? That was kind of the question that I'd gotten caught yeah. up on. Yeah, it is. But there's still different ways to do that. And like, it's not, yeah. It yeah. And I've already been on her. It's not a great birthday. Thing to have to do,
0: oh, was it her birthday?
1: Yep. Oh yeah. Don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh, like, I'm gonna like quote I said, her after this no, conversation. No, no, uh, just no. I was, like I think because she had managed all the liaising with them. At, totally. Uh, but yeah. No. Well, uh, you're 100 percent right. I yeah. Agree.
0: But I think up until this point, that's all totally fine. But yeah, I think if it, however you wanted to pro- progress yeah. from here, probably don't make the birthday come to it. <laughs> Sorry. i'm making it sound worse than <laughs> no, it is i'm sorry No, you're literally i'm not. poking it you just, just,
1: it is just what it was um thank I'm you very for letting me that turn happened, this though. into a consumer watch program yeah no it was it was it would just like these things do happen and it's also why totally. i wouldn't i think there's a difference between like they're a great restaurant and i think it is just ba- statistically they're serving thousands of meals it's gonna yeah. happen they're not a bad place and i would never like name them or f- tweet shit about like I'm like that's a different response yeah. to just being like, okay, fair's fair though. Like I didn't really get the food. So yeah. Can I maybe not pay for it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there we go. Solving all of life's yeah. big issues, okay. one vomit jar at a time.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna show you the picture immediately <laughs> oh after God. this.
0: I do want to see it. <laughs> it's one of those things like I don't do I No, you like, I do. Ha- I have to now because I know it exists. <laughs> um. When you were talking about that, like being in the open, just being like, I don't like, I don't care. I just need to like get this out of me. Isn't it funny? Like with, when it comes to like embarrassment, there are certain lines, like when something urgent is happening, That, like, for a a few minutes you're taken completely out of giving a shit what anyone else thinks at all because you have to, to, look, they're usually bodily function related. (laughs) They're the most urgent kind of things. Or I imagine if someone was in severe danger or something like that. But all of these things that we, like, that we talk about at length on this podcast every week that we, you know, Drive ourselves crazy thinking, or oh, what will other people think if I do or say this, or even like the end part of that story, you know, like what what's right or not, or is it rude, or how should I go about it? In a certain like, we are capable of not yeah. doing that at all when things are pushed to a certain degree of yes. urgency or seriousness yes. or whatever that you just couldn't give that, a shit at that's all. That's
1: such a great point, and I hadn't thought of it like that, but it's that idea of like social graces. And insecurities and all of that narrative is a luxury. And when, mm. you, and when you descend yeah. descend down to the base survival stuff, yeah, it, it just becomes, I mean, I suppose in a way it's what people speak about during childbirth where beforehand you're yeah. like, remember the first time you hear that it's common to shit yourself during childbirth yeah. and you're like, oh, oh my, my God, God, what? Like it blows yeah. your mind. You're like, mm. what, but, what, but they're nurses and doctors and they're like- You can't wrap your head around it and you kind of like over time and and enough friends go through it, it's like, you're like, oh, that is the least of your fucking, that is not even on the list of
0: things you care
1: about anymore in that circumstance.
0: Yeah, exactly. Just, yeah. Have you ever shut
1: yourself in public?
0: No, thankfully. But I'm... (laughs) Thinking, like, on this subject. Wait, have you? No. Touch
1: <laughs> Good. Word. I feel I'm like We're killing it. like I can, We're get, through, I can get through
0: life not missing a flight
1: and also not shitting myself in public, i am pretty
0: happy. I feel like the uh, likelihood of it increases with age. <laughs> well, just <laughs> Like, coffees must be consumed very close to toilets. They can't be, like, cute, <laughs> I'm going to get a coffee on my way somewhere. That is an option that no longer exists it's for like, me. It's like when a toddler says they need the bathroom. Yeah. And they mean right like, yeah, now. It's not, it's not, yeah. a, there's no time extended yeah. <laughs> timeline. <laughs> it's like, I'm shitty. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that thing, I always like, and I get it. I get why businesses have to like, have some boundaries with their toilet use so that people aren't just <laughs> using their things as public toilets. But the <laughs> fact that like a human being who obviously is about to shit themselves can look at another human being in the eye and be like, please, can I please use your toilet And that person says no, I think is just the most awful thing. I just, I can't, I saw a guy once (laughs) and like he, and he was being rude, but he was about to shit his pants quite obviously. So he was at, this was early in the morning. I was on my way to the gym. It was like 5.30 AM or something. And it was just at like a um, service station in uh, Thornbury-ish. And so the guy was sort of like, very, very agitated and obviously, like, things were desperate, asking to use their toilet. They don't have a public toilet and he was getting increasingly worked up. Um, Eventually they let him use it Um, and he came out and he was a different person. He's like, I'm so so sorry. I didn't mean to be aggressive. I didn't mean (laughs) to talk to you like that. It was just a very... Urgent situation. Oh and I was so I, I went from being like, this guy's a fucking asshole, which is what I thought he was just being super aggressive. But then I was like, cast your mind back, Jessamine, to times that you have desperately yeah. needed to shit and the things you would have said and done <laughs> to get yourself to a toilet. But yeah, it was like night and day, this poor guy, and then like, and the people that working there were obviously upset because they'd been yelled at, but they yeah. I could see them like thaw. When he came back and, yeah. and they were like, oh, yeah, we've all been desperate yeah. for shit." Yeah, I get it now. It's just pure vulnerability
1: yeah. as well. It because, is. like, those are the last moments of any control that that person has and yeah. they know it. Yeah. They're like, if this, there's no, there is no plan B after this. There's no safety net. Like, this yeah. is, that's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's one of the most vulnerable situations because I'm quite a fan of a a jumpsuit or a bodysuit or one-piece thing. They're like if you're out and you're wearing that, a lot of the time like – you're just completely naked when you go to the toilet. Yeah. So I always think if I had to shit while I was out and someone walked in on me in the toilet completely naked, that would be the worst. <laughs> <laughs> that is like peak vulnerable. Oh, That's the no. worst thing that could ever happen to oh, me. Oh, it's like...
1: Because in my mind, I'm playing back. So yesterday (laughs) on my flight, I was wearing a jumpsuit as well. And I literally went through. I was like, this was the, it's the worst flight choice.
0: Oh, yeah. Because you don't want to put it anywhere near the ground. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
1: And it's like, you can't just quickly go to the bar. And like, you're drinking the whole time to try to stay hydrated on the plane. But there's like, and like you say, you're naked every time you pee. Yeah. And I just have this vision of, like you say, like, because it it kind of, as I was doing this, I was like, this was a bad choice. Mental notes, don't. This is not good flying attire. Yeah. Because also I was like, what happens if you're stuck in traffic, already nightmare situation, and you have to, like, find some wilderness bush to, like, run? You have to pull your car over and, like, run into the wilderness, already nightmare town. (laughs) But add to that that you're just being naked. And it's like you've got everyone else in the highway being like, fuck, we empathize with the shit, but why well the but why is she naked? That <laughs> already seems unnecessary like
0: <laughs> It's already the word, I mean, I guess shits are the same for everyone, but it's like the like if a guy needs to piss, he can just very easily yeah. go off and piss. Like you saw the um you didn't see. I saw um, at the the Great Ocean Road Marathon that I did a couple of months ago, like the boys, and I'm glad that they do because it saves the cubicles for women who need them. They can just run off to the side and take a piss at the edge. Easy. No worries. They don't have to get naked, do anything. But we've got to take our full fucking pants off and show our precious little white (laughs) <laughs> your little, your a little, little bot un, bot. no
1: suntan nothing
0: yeah it's very it's very vulnerable yeah this is a thing
1: it's it's a um it's an injustice that feels <laughs> very front of mind when you're a kid I suppose like yeah, anything totally. you, you just you know and obviously whatever like gender lines you you sort of flow along like it's different but like I just remember as a kid really feeling very keenly that injustice yeah. that my boy cousins could whip out their dicks and pee. Yeah. Literally, I'm like, that feels like so much, so so many like options for activities.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's just like you don't have to stress about it as yeah. a thing, even if you're just like you know, it's summer and you want to like go to the park and have some drinks, like, well, we need to be close enough to a yeah, toilet exactly. block. I mean, I'm not advocating for everyone pissing in public all the time, but it's it would be easier. Yeah. If you could. You know what? And vaginas joke. are great too. and <laughs> Well, they are, but, you know, in terms of... Um, practicality yeah. of p- yeah there's p- like a, me- there's
1: a there's like a mechanical practicality happening
0: did you have remember that time I don't know if that in South Africa where they tried those sheepy things uh, at festivals and stuff it's
1: do you know what I'm so curious to know if this was ever a real thing or if this falls into the category of like Things that everyone feels like they've heard of, but no one is actually oh, seen. Oh, no, I
0: saw saw them. Really? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. They had them at like the big day out and the festivals and stuff that were in Melbourne. So they had like a different So they were like urinals mm-hmm. and you had like a um I think it was just like coated cardboard, like a like a like a funnel, essentially, that you would put down your no So way. so the idea was you could just like this is not good for podcasting because I can't show not that I'm taking my pants off for those listening. Or am I? We'll mm, have to watch us on YouTube. <laughs> the sheep pee demonstration. That's what um, we yeah. finally
1: found our niche.
0: So it's like a flat, like imagine like a flat triangle with slight edges, yeah. and then a, like a yeah, like a funnel. The idea being that you could just sort of unzip your pants like a boy would, and then tuck that down like the front of your undies, and it would like funnel the pee into their urinal. Are you, is that disposable? Because surely yeah. like that's okay. Yeah, it's so a one-use one thing. Was I think. that like, did you use it? No. I was like, I'm definitely going to piss on myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm going to need to practice. It didn't, well, the whole thing kind of flopped because you, you can't just like put in something that has been essentially created for men, like the urinal thing, because mm. there's different like, there's different um, like social conditioning. So it's not just the practicality of being able to do it, but the way that was set up, You were, like you and I would be like looking at each other while paying essentially. Yeah, which
1: for us is like a thing we've never done.
0: Yeah. So it was just not as particularly at those festivals which are mainly aimed at like younger people, like that would have been like – I'll fucking look at you in the eye and piss right now. I don't give a fuck. But, like, 15-year-old me would have been, yeah. like, oh, my God, like, horrifying, yeah, yeah, yeah. horrifying. Um, and it was quite open to, like, I don't know, I might be conflating a couple of memories here. But, yeah, it just, it just didn't work because yeah. it was too, like, it was too abrupt, the sort yeah. of going from being on your own in a cubicle with complete privacy to, like, right up the other end. Which I've come to learn so many boys fucking hate too anyway. Like, they're like, I would never use the urinal if I had the option of going into a cubicle because it's weird. I don't want to get my dick out that close to another person. I mean, I'm sure plenty of people do, but it's like, it's, but it's just the privacy, privacy thing.
1: Yeah. You're asking people to do something new is one thing. And you're also asking them to do the new thing in public, which is now two barriers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. and as well as something being new in terms of it's a social dynamic that you've never experienced before yeah. it's also something that is like physically so i i realized with have i told you about peeing in the ballet costumes
0: please do no i don't <laughs> this think is like so. a
1: this is one of the classic like alice in art school
0: <laughs> memories oh i thought I, you were talking about being like a little kid. Oh, oh no! <laughs> well, oh, now no. I'm con- now I'm very confused. Please, so this tell wasn't me.
1: this wasn't my artwork. This is a very dear friend of mine who shall remain nameless. Had this um, idea for a piece where she constructed collarbones out of paper mache or something or clay, and then she wanted to suspend the collarbones from the ceiling and from them drape ballet leotards, like little children's ballet leotards. Yeah. So they'd be like these kind of floating leotards and also that they would be pissed in, right? Uh That was the final vision for the piece. So she sourced a bunch of ballet leotards from people that would – but for people in our class who saw the final work and that was the point at which they discovered the P element, like they had not okay. <laughs> been relieved gotcha. about that, which yeah. came into play later and was a whole different conversation. Okay. But anyway, so she had four of these little, little cozzies, little costumes. And so it was like helping her and it's now like an hour before the crit. So the collarbones have been installed, but like she needs to hang the costume, the leotards on them. But, It was very important for the concept of the piece that it was like, we couldn't just get a bowl of piss and like dip them in. They had to actually be like pissed in as you would soil yourself in a okay this is like it's the classic thing of like in art school none of this goes none of this is questioned this is like this would be a very normal conversation but I'm just watching your face and I'm hearing myself said anyway so the point is so she had four of these things so she took two I took two we both drank a bunch of water we're like cool we'll just go stand outside in the bushes like outside my flat quickly just like put on the little cozzies, piss ourselves in them change halfway into the next one, piss that one, and then drive really quickly to art school and install the piece so it's ready for the final display.
0: Yeah. And I have
1: a lot of questions, but I'm holding <laughs> okay. on to them. Okay. Go on, go on. So all of this to say, so we got we de- everything was done until the final piece where there we are standing with like half a child's ballet costume <laughs> on. Now we're like looking at each other. We're like in the bushes of the garden, like hidden from view. Because we obviously didn't want to make a mess inside. We could have just been in the shower. This didn't occur to us. (laughs) And we're just like, so then we're like looking at each other and we're like, okay, go, go. Are you doing it? Are you, are you, no, no, you go, you go for And we couldn't. But it was like, we'd never. And I just remember in that moment, I was like, I'm not even, this is not embarrassing. I don't feel shame. It's not. Yeah. That's not what's happening here. It's like, my body has never at that point stood and peed. So physically, my body's like, what? Like, I don't do this action in this. Like I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't break that physical memory or like physical thing. Yeah. Anyway, so like it was just, and I remember that so clearly as it was just a really profound sense of people talk about your body, you know, the classic book, like your the body keeps the score.
0: Yeah.
1: And people talk about this like embodied cognition or this idea that your body can hold memories or store things. Yeah. And it, it was kind of something that I didn't really get. But pe- like moments like that where you just realize – it's my brain was struggling to override like a very embodied way of knowing or way of being that my body was like, no, no, this is not what I do. Like I don't do this like this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is fascinating, isn't it? Like I've noticed that, and this is a little different, but like trying to do – you get that feeling when you try to do something like a box jump for example would be a good example so you're jumping from the floor onto a box of a, a height that maybe is a bit scary for you for me um and it's like your your brain is sending the signals to your body to jump and your body is just going no thank you yeah. and it's you're like what the fuck is happening here because in my mind I'm jumping like that is yeah. what that is the message that I've sent but my body is just going no, we
1: don't do that. And your brain is throwing a tantrum because it's used to being the boss. Yeah. And it's like, well,
0: now what what the fuck? What do we do now? Yeah. 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 Exactly. How do you
1: how do you cross that threshold? <clears throat> this is a bit of a sidetrack, but like in that example. So you're standing there and you know that you can, that you will be able to physically do it. Like you are safe. You're not asking your body to go into danger. Yeah.
0: Like how how do you cross that barrier of just like. I think it's really individual. And I think part of it is, uh, like mindset and what different types of encouragement you might respond to. So for example, I have some friends that really like, um, kind of like really almost aggressive coaching like the sort of thing you might see in like a 90s movie of like fucking you know what are you a piece yeah. of shit blah, blah. like I do not respond to that one bit I, I would that like boot camp like, yeah
1: yell at you until
0: but for some people they actually they like that they respond to that that turns a thing on in them that like gives them the thing they need to be like fuck you I'll prove you wrong to me I just go fuck you, I'm not doing it then. That's what the little brat inside me does. same. I hate this. But it, it's is—it's just a personal preference thing. So it could be finding your style of coach, which could be like the exact opposite of that, like a lot of encouragement from people around you, that sort of a thing. Um, or like from a practical sense, it might be say the box is, I'm, I'm just using this as the example, but say the box is... Um, you know, a metre, two metres high and then maybe you try, you jump on something that's 30 centimetres, mm. then 60 centimetres and you just build it up from there to train your brain to go, it's only 30 yeah. centimetres more, it's only 30 centimetres more or however high you're going. Um, yeah, so I think it's a, like a mixture of like practically making sure that your body does know it is safe by like working your way up to a thing and then the like the mindset thing of what how can you get that, stop that override from happening yeah. and get brain back to being in control and I feel like that is very personal in terms of what works for you.
1: I love that example of the... um making those jumps smaller because I think that that really is speaking to that. It's, it's communicating with your body at the level of your body rather than Mm. with words and language. Yeah. Cause past a certain point, showing it that it's safe is not going to come from your brain. Rationalizing why it's okay. Cause I think we've all been in situations where like you're trying to think your way through something it's the wrong language yeah. like you need to be shown physically somehow depending on the situation that like this is a safe thing
0: yeah because and the other side of that is like it might not be safe Do you know what i mean you're yeah. ju- jumping onto a thing of a height you've never jumped to before you might miss it you might crack your shin on the edge of the box you know those those are things that i've seen happen and they're horrifying um we're just talking about like my box jumping fear specifically you <laughs> know. <here> <laughs> like it's a metaphor. Like, no, I'm just talking about jumping on a also, box. Also, to be fair, I'm
1: following you with this thing as like as a non-CrossFit person, I have never heard of a box jump like it's a thing. Like a thing, yeah. But I'm assuming it means jumping onto a
0: box. Literally just jumping onto a box. box. Yeah. We got, we're with you. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But. Um, <clears throat> But um, where was I going with that? term something, something. Oh, it might actually not be safe. It might not be safe, yeah. So in in that sense, doing the, just another reason why the the combination of the like body and brain thing I think is important because like, yeah, you you could actually hurt yourself if you're there going like, I just need to be brave. And then you, that's not what you needed. You needed to work up to it more slowly. But also I think that sort of, it can erode some trust in yourself as well. Like if you've given yourself the big pep talk and you were wrong, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> you know. So it's that combination of um, of like just do like doing the work of practice and getting something in your body, and then you know there is a, an element of just having to be brave and do it. I'm, I'm almost like conflicting my, myself as I talk because like handstands are a good example for me, right? Like I'm, I'm still very scared of doing freestanding handstands. I go through periods of time where I work on them a little bit and I could only ever get like a few seconds of hang time. So by freestanding, I just meant like not against a wall or whatever, but For me in that situation, I have done every kind of fucking like preparation exercise. It's not a strength thing. It's not a flexibility thing. It's a like just being scared thing. And so for me, the best thing I can do is to do it, learn how to fall out of it, fall out of it a bunch of times because you just will. It's fine. And it's actually not that hard to fall out in a way that's not going to hurt you. But until I do that enough times like that there's no more like preparation i can do that's going to help me at this point i just have to do the thing and know that like it will be a little bit scary and i will fall out yeah. a few times so there's like a limit to that like preparation at some point you are going to be as prepared as you're ever going to be so you can stay in that in that place and stay on the wall stay on the ground, but at some point if you don't also have that, okay, I've got to just like take the leap and do the scary thing, that's not, you know, preparation is only going to get you to a certain point.
1: I suppose with stuff like this, it's there's things I always think about where it's harder to make little in-between micro steps. Like I remember working a job with – it was – amazing they were this couple and they were it was a corporate job and they were facilitating like a team building kind of strategy thing over three days and he was this amazing like he was one of the youngest people to ever ever summit Everest so essentially they'd built the leadership training around the metaphor of mountain climbing and he could he could sort of take them on the group exercises and then intersperse it with stories from his trips and photos and it was it was fascinating and just so, so cool. And on, I think the second day he was working there with his partner and she was this really just like quiet, very unassuming, you know, kind of in in quite a support role to, to the man who happened to be the facilitator in that particular dynamic. Um, And when I was just chatting to her and I was kind of like, oh, like, yeah, what do you do? Because Without meaning to, I suppose, I just attributed, I was like, well, he's the Everest guy. Like, and you're the, I, I'd taken their professional dynamic, I guess, in that one tiny moment and extrapolated it over their whole relationship. Yeah. Which was my bullshit and clearly not true because then she proceeds to tell me her job before coming on, now they it's their company together. So they, they do that work together. Her job before that was being an aerial dancer, like on the wings of planes. They strap them to the wings of those like old school Wright brothers fucking warplanes and shit, those like vintage planes, strap them down by like one leg and then they do aerial ballet while the plane Holy collapses.
0: shit. When you said aerial dancer, I thought you meant like, you know, with their like tissue and the no. hoops and stuff, like no. circus shit. No,
1: in this the sky is- On an (gasps) terribly. It's literally the coolest thing I've ever heard. Oh my God. And she's telling me, she's like in a boardroom. I'm like, who are you? What the fuck? Everyone stop everything. It was so cool. But that's exactly an example. I was like, I have so many follow-up questions. Yeah. But that's a thing, which is like, you can train, you can prepare. Yeah. But it's not like you can what like fly the plane a bit lower so it's less yeah gear. yeah like it exactly it's like you're exactly. either on the ground or you're in the fucking sky yeah and that is it like at some point you yeah. train you train you prepare but like you just have to do the thing
0: yeah it's much lower stakes but <laughs> it's, it's also like, like jumping. <laughs> <laughs> well I was gonna say it's like graphic recording like our job yeah. doing live illustration I think it's the same with like any type of performance like stand-up comedy for example like the the audience is a part of that experience. Yeah. So you can you can practice doing live illustration from TED talks or even like you're at a thing but no one's watching you do it is totally different to knowing that there are eyes on you yeah. seeing you do it to responding to not only what the speaker's saying but how the audience is reacting, feeling the additional pressure. And same thing, yeah, with with yeah, comedy or other sorts of performance that do involve the audience. Like, you can practice those things in front of the mirror or on your computer at home, but until you're doing it in the complete um, context that it needs to be in, whether it's in the sky <laughs> or at the front of a room, I mean, we're pretty brave. <laughs> We're pretty brave. We get up and draw pictures while people are literally looking at us. So, I mean, it's kind of the same Uh, thing. Is it dancing on an
1: airplane? Sort of. (laughs) Metaphorically. Sort of (laughs) is. Have you ever fucked a job? Like, have you ever had the panic? <clears throat> because I think a lot of people always ask about that. And I, I don't think I've ever asked you this actually even off air, but like people always ask about like what happens yeah. if you freak out? What happens if you realise you don't know? Have you ever had that wobble of like being in a job and you're like, oh, this is bad?
0: I So n- no, not not to the point where I was like, oh, like this is gone. Yeah. Um, But I can tell you about a couple of situations that have been pretty nerve wracking <laughs> or just... Yeah. Anyway, I'll tell you, obviously earlier on, everything is fucking terrifying yeah. and you're a lot less confident in your ability to be capturing the right things yeah. because you're just, and most of the time you are, but when you're for the first time in this sort of like business corporate world, you are convinced that there is, that there must be something you don't understand because yeah. how could you possibly understand what they're saying? But you do because generally the types of events that we would be in are not going to be super technical or anything like that anyway so there's an element of like learning to trust yourself a little bit and getting better at it um but so two things that stick out in my mind one I mean this has happened multiple times but I remember one instance was particularly bad I don't know if you find this but I find politicians to be some of the hardest people because they're not actually often saying
1: Exactly. So you're there trying to capture, make clear a thing that they are deliberately making almost impossible to pin down.
0: Exactly. That's exactly right. (laughs) It's all fluff. So like what we try to do in our job is like, you know, cut through the, any sort of like fluff or buzzwords or not even that, but just like to really get to the heart of what's happening because you can't possibly write and draw down everything as someone says. So you're looking for those like headlines, those key points, and often <laughs> politicians just fucking don't have yeah. any. So I've definitely been in situations, say someone was talking for 20 minutes and it's gotten to like the 15-minute mark and I've been like, oh, okay, this is this wasn't the warm-up. Yeah, This is the yes. whole thing. Yeah. And then just like drawn very big. You just wrote community.
1: Commitment.
0: Yeah, that kind of thing, but I feel like. Everyone kind of knows that's the vibe of those things, but that's definitely been a time where I've been like odd, like there's actually nothing coming out. The other was um, doing an event with a university that was very technical and it was all around exciton science. Please don't ask me to explain it to you because I can't remember what it means, but it's very, very technical, lights and I don't know particles and things I don't even know but it was so I was still able to keep capturing stuff I just understood about 10% of it so it was more like I'm I'm gathering from what you're saying and the questions people are asking, these are the important parts and sort of replicating some bits of things I could see on slides. But it was different from the regular experience and that I wasn't sort of like taking it, interpreting it yeah. and kind of re rebuilding it. I was just sort of doing my best to keep up. They, It was really cool and the client was lovely and they were very happy with it in the end, which is great. But it was very much like... Flying blind, yeah. like I actually, I'm, I'm writing things down, but I don't understand what oh, any of them I mean. Hate, I know that exact feeling, and it's like it's a difference between
1: feeling like you get to filter something and make meaning or find meaning, and yeah. the difference between like parroting it. And I'm yeah, like, essentially, I'm rec- literally recording this in the way that like a tape recorder might. Yes, I'm doing it in pictures, and that's and that's valuable too because I mean, for them, whatever.
0: Yeah, exactly. But
1: yeah, it's not. It, I would feel stressed doing that because it's that's when you feel you're like if I slip up a little bit, I can't course correct. That's right. I've got no actual understanding of that's that. right. If I miss a single word, it's fucked, and I don't know how to fix it. But yeah, yeah,
0: because I have no idea yeah, what any of I these can't things mean or,
1: or remember the gist of
0: it. Yeah, yeah, but they yeah they were great and they were happy, but it was like I was like we have to be very present at the best of times doing that job, but that I was just like on the edge of my seat and it was long as well it was like two or three days and I was just like (laughs) I don't think I blinked the entire time I was like (sighs) but um yeah but I don't I think they're the ones that stick out as being like tough in terms of well yeah, on one side of things nothing really to record on the other side of things everything to record but no idea what it meant yeah what about you I've
1: only had one that stands out as like one where I think I I fucked up like and drop the ball and i can't but i also it's hard for me to assess really how much of that was happening in reality and how much of that was yeah. happening as a result of like i was in not a good headspace and i think it was when i learned that i can't do live work 5 days a week like i just don't oh, have yeah. that kind of yeah. that muscle and maybe it's a thing i could develop i don't actually think so i don't think i
0: physically can do it I don't think anyone should for it's, the record it's, it's oh, okay, yeah. yeah it yeah. really was and I it don't was think a, it's an individual <laughs> failing. <laughs> yeah it's
1: that's really it's, hard it's a yeah. lot and um I'd come off the back of I'd had so much work and I had a two-week stint of being booked almost every day at various live events mm. and this was the final one and I I was fried like I remember and I think it was it's the only time in this work that I've had the experience of being in it and then pulling back and panicking because I was looking at what was on mm. the canvas and I was like, this makes no sense. And also like, I can't fix it because I've, I've got nothing. Like I can't even, yeah. I'm like waking up into this job, realizing I've spent 10 minutes. I have no idea what this person's talking to, yeah. talking about, and I'm not listening and it's not for lack of trying. Yeah. It's just like that faculty has been burnt out. Like that's, that circuit is fried. Yeah. And there's no, and I and I was like, I, I can't, I can't get out of this. Like it's done. And I just remember them presenting. It was one of the earliest sort of digital jobs. So I was early iPad illustration. Yeah. So also I wasn't super comfortable with yeah. the tool either. Yeah. And I remember them kind of like cutting to it at the end of the day, like behind the CEO on this huge screen. <laughs> it just looked. So shit, it looked Aww. so bad. And it's just, I'm glad with hindsight, I'm glad it's happened because that's the nightmare. Yeah. And it happened and it was awkward and there was the people were polite and that's fine.
0: Was it really that bad?
1: That's the thing. I have no idea now that iPad got stolen. So I can't even go back and find that graphic. And I did, <laughs> I obviously fixed it up afterwards for them. Yeah. But just that feeling of realizing in real time, I'm like, oh, I am a hundred percent out of control. Yeah. Like this is fucked. This oh, is, there's no way feeling. out of this. It's just like, you're looking at the time and it's like, okay, it's four o'clock. We wrap at 4.30. Half an hour is not enough time to fix it. It's like, oh my job is to just survive until 4.31 where I can just pack yeah. up shit and, and walk out of here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's no, nothing more you can do. <laughs> to, to, so it's like, either way, yeah. I'm leaving here yeah. at 4.30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it.
1: I'm like, there's a world where you have to remind yeah. yourself, you're like, there's a world of humans with other jobs and other passions and they love me and i love them and i have friends and it's yeah. fine. <laughs> I am still lovable.
0: Exactly. Oh, you poor thing. Yeah, that's it's a good thing to to keep in mind and i think there's been a few times where i have well, a few times I've done it fucking heaps where I've overextended (laughs) myself because it never looks that bad in the calendar and because you're looking at a future version of you that will somehow be a much better, more relaxed, on top of shit person. That's what I I always (laughs) assume that future Jessamy is this like, magic being yeah. that somehow has gotten all her shit together and is not going to be bothered by exactly. six days in a row. You're like, oh, recording. would I
1: want to do it? No. Could I do it?
0: Probably not. But future me, me in two weeks. She'll know. <laughs> She'll have her shit together by then. 100%. But yeah, it, it never looks as bad on paper as it is in real life. Or you think like, oh, like I'll be a bit tired, but I'll just get through it. But like in that moment, you would give anything, yeah. any money, anything in the world to not be there. And I don't think that there are many, if any, people who can do this sort of work. And I know, I'm sure that there are people listening being like, oh, boo, fucking who? you're drawing some pictures yeah. every day. You're like, you shouldn't do it more than two days in a row. <laughs> but it is because of the listening yeah. aspect of it. And, you know, and as you rightly say, like you you were trying really hard. There just is a limit on, on how much energy you have to listen that intently, particularly if you are moving through different events and different clients over the course of a week, the shift that you have to do between those things is enormous. Um, and I've heard other, like maybe we need to, if we make our imposter bingo card at some point, we need to have, um, quoting Sarah Firth on there <laughs> cuz I mean every episode cuz she's so wise.
1: Patron scenes of the podcast. Yes, that's
0: right. <laughs> but I remember talking to her about this ages ago because she was also a, gra- a graphic recorder um that she like felt like carried a guilt that she couldn't do it this many days in a row and everyone was walking is walking around being like oh like I'm the only one Everyone else is doing this nine to five, five days a week. I Like, I just can't do it. There must be something wrong with me. I don't know anyone who does that and survives it. It's so, oh,
1: my, god! I, like, just I was there about 20 directions I want to go in. On the way here, I cycled to Jess.
0: You sure did.
1: I was definitely going to slide that into the podcast (laughs) somewhere because I'm basically a warrior princess. Very proud of myself. I did text Jess like every kilometer <laughs> progressively more sad, <laughs> sad about that choice.
0: I was like, am I a brave? Am I so you brave? You are a brave girl. Um, very,
1: what am I? You're proud. That's right. Perhaps. I was listening to the episode with you and Jazz from last week. Oh, yeah. Which had, which was fucking awesome. I loved it. I was like, that's oh, so nice. The gas is great. I was like, <laughs> let's do it like this. Um, but, you, and she was at some point speaking about that kind of classic Um, eight hours work eight hours sleep eight hours play which is which comes out of the industrial revolution and you can actually find in old graphic design archives the first posters where people put that up um as kind of like it was uh, we take it so for granted this kind of like division of our time but it's a completely invented sense of like how your time on earth sh- should, and I say that with big air quotes, should yeah. be divided. And I was, as I was cycling and I was listening to that and I was, I was thinking about this as an example where obviously, and it, and this sounds so obvious that it almost isn't worth saying, but it is worth saying because it's so obvious we forget it. It's like different jobs and that can include the job you're paid for, but there are many jobs you do that aren't paid for in your yeah. home, in your relationships, in a million other ways those all take a different amount of time and also energy. Yeah. And to, to kind of like have a prescriptive idea of what, what hard work looks like in terms of a time metric is like you're using the wrong metric to measure value. Yeah. But yet I still feel, and I find that even I've had this with partners a lot. I, and it's nothing on them. Like I've never, ever been with someone who's guilted me around working but I feel bad. Like I feel very self-conscious if I've done a three-day event and I'm fried and I'll still go into the office or the studio the next day to do admin, but I'll take a chilled morning to do that. Yeah. And it's not even a chilled morning because the entire morning I'm like, fuck, you're such a fucking lazy piece of shit. Oh my God, I think you're like, 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 but it's, you know, everyone else is working nine to five. And I'm like, but that's a dip. I don't know.
0: It's so fraught and it's <gasps> not, you're right, and it's not the same. But also if you think of like <clears throat> if you're working nine to five in an office doing whatever, what do office people do? I don't fucking know. Emails. A job, emails. But it's not, you are not working all of those eight hours. You know, like you're coming in, I mean, hopefully if you're working in an office with a nice culture, you're saying hi to some people, you're making a coffee, yeah. it's not like I think for us who who haven't had any real jobs, we sort of, we compare ourselves to something that actually isn't real. So where are they thinking, oh, everyone else is there like working super hard for these eight hours every day in this really structured way. I don't think that's what most people's working days look like. Yeah,
1: and I think for the ones that are, I do think there's professions probably like if we spoke to some lawyer friends, for example, that actually they may well be at 100% capacity for an eight or 10 hour day. But those are also gonna be the professions where people burn out and have yeah. full-on breakdowns. Yeah, exactly. I think what it sh- what should be is, like you say, like people are, th- sh- they might be there for eight hours, but they are modulating yeah. their energy and regulating that over the course of that eight hours. And that's yeah. not that's not in any way to undermine, be like, mm, well, they're not working hard as hard. It's like, no, no, but they're just, they're modulating that over the course of the day in the way that we might be doing over the course of a week.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and I think it's hard to. What am I trying to say? I had two trains of thought, and now I've I've got I'll take that one, and then I lost it, and now I've forgotten both of them. Um, come on, brain. Uh,
1: office office jobs. Yeah, um, no, no, it's
0: coming, it's coming. Okay. Um, put me down save me <laughs> save me from myself now I'm so annoyed that I have to remember what it was fuck
1: is it help? can I give you
0: keywords no oh I hate it when Dan does it. I'm like shut up, shut up! <laughs>
1: no, I got it I got it I was like I'm trying to work out based on your face I'm like is this helpful or is this up? it's fine
0: it's got to do with comparing the way that we work to how other people work oh I think yeah so I would get really um, because, as you know, I have these like productivity (laughs) cyclones that I would get into. And then and that feels so good when you're in it. It's almost like a like a manic state of getting shit done. And then for such a long time, I would feel and it's nice as well, like you feel inspired and motivated. But that level of output is not sustainable but I'd have, say, like two days where it's like I'm just like, yeah, just like on it and inspired and doing something. And then, of course, you naturally get a dip after that. But you feel, oh, I would feel like so guilty about that sudden dip where I'm like, oh, I can't do anything today. Like I've just, I've lost it. But I've also done like four days worth of work in two days yeah. beforehand. But sort of having this idea that like work should look a certain way and comparing like today, Jessamine to yesterday, Jessamine be like, well, why can't I do what she did? It's like because she she used all our juice, yeah. But spent it all. She spent it all. But trying to sort of look at that, yeah, in more of a uh, like long term view of like there are seasons and peaks and troughs, mm. and sometimes like make the most of the cyclone <laughs> while you're in it, but also know that this means there will be a a dip following and that is also okay. Yeah, yeah,
1: trust it and and like ease into it and allow it to be a dip instead of fighting it because then you miss the rest. You miss recuperating, but you also are not productive anyway.
0: Exactly. So you're just like trying to make something work when it's not working and I imagine probably takes longer to get back to one of the like good productivity cyclone days because you haven't you've been trying to like force it when it's not going to happen oh fuck that's what I was going to (laughs) say so this is all very like um front of mind for me at the moment because Dan has just recently he did about a year of having a full-time job and has now gone back to working for himself which is amazing for all involved. Um, but it's, so we're having a lot of these conversations about, you know, the comparisons between the two and some people are built for it and some people are not blah, blah, blah. And he has a lot of like guilt stuff around exactly all this stuff we're talking about. Like I'm not working hard enough. If I'm enjoying it, then it's not like someone's going to find me out. But part of the, there are so many pros and cons to freelancing, running your own business, working for yourself, you know, that you've got to take the pros. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause like you take the cons of having to do your own admin and not knowing where your money is coming from all the time. And you know, there's scary dips yeah. in work. So you have to take the pros of like, my days are flexible. I do get to work. I mean, you know, w- within the realms of, um, reality, like sometimes there are deadlines you don't feel like working towards that you have to work towards, but for like general day to day, this is part of the reason we put up with all the shit part, because we do have control. And if you're feeling really run down, just like sleep later. It doesn't no literally no one is watching. It doesn't matter. And if we don't take advantage (laughs) There are no
1: grown-ups. There are no grown ups (laughs) here.
0: And if we don't take advantage of the good parts, like that's like what a waste. Yeah, you know.
1: This is the thing, is that the bad parts are compulsory. Like you don't get to opt out of tax, but the good parts are optional. (laughs) I don't know. Some people think
0: you can. Some of us. (laughs) Tried and you
1: can't. (laughs) It's... It's really, yeah, it's, it's, that's the thing is it's like mm. an opt-in, opt-out system. But the, the tough stuff, point. the responsibilities are like, they're compulsory anyway. Yeah. But there are equal and opposing and balancing pros. Yeah. But no one else is on your ass about doing that stuff. That is such a so good So it's point. almost like, I feel like you, it's like a custom bit. but it's like you've paid your money to get into Disneyland. And it has cost you that. It will cost you that. That's yeah. just, It costs something. Yeah. You're there now. Go on the fucking rides. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Am I a business coach? Um, Yes. Mickey
0: Mouse. paid your money. Now go on the fucking rides. Yeah. Like
1: the car, you don't get to, you don't get to choose to pay for entry. You do get to choose if you go on the rides, but it's like, for fuck's sakes, go.
0: Like you. You would 100% do a, like, motivational speaking circuit based on that soundbite alone. I am on board. I've
1: got going- it, guys. Business solutions, not even wearing a bra. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's how we know you're the woman it's whose advice honestly. we want. Thank you. It's exhausting having all the answers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on that note, since um, you need to go and rest your beautiful genius brain from solving all about. I need to go cycle us. home, like the badass commuting bitch that I oh, am. Oh yeah,
1: going to narrate it. You're going to get so many texts. Just don't. Just
0: put, pull over to text. We yeah, saw. Oh a, god, yeah, i like physically. Can't, I, like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that you thought there was a anywhere I come I was like what is it? have I just revealed myself as a <laughs> like very much a non-rider is everyone no, I think else like no people do do that you're right okay. it just it hadn't even occurred so it was so not even close to an option right now we saw two kids riding beside our car the other day one was dinking the other which is so super cute is that a word they use in no, South Africa dinking. um where they stand like on the back of the bike or you can sit on the handlebars oh, basically cute. two two yeah. kids on one bike cute so he was standing, like, on the back of the bike, you know, with his feet yeah. on the things. Um, and I was like, oh, that's cute. And I was like, oh, probably shouldn't be just looking at his phone, though. So he was st- <laughs> the kid on the back was standing there just, like, texting. I'm like, that feels okay, wait, dangerous. No. But the kid on the back was on
1: his phone. The kid on the back. That is the preferable kid to be on the phone.
0: Yes, but still. Like, I mean, he's yeah. balanced fairly <laughs> precariously. And, I mean, hey. They Youths, am can I do right? They want. They were on well, their way. you would know. They were on their way to the hostel, <laughs> <laughs> on their way to get some tuna and cheese snacks,
1: like all the cool like kids cool do. Dudes, guys. It was,
0: it was really good. It's
1: um filling and also cheap, guys. Just saying.
0: Yeah. Oh, look, I'm. I don't hate it. As someone who also has no food at home right now, I'm the last person who should be judging anyone because I'm walking around being like, "What can I possibly fashion from these things?" <laughs> I mean- and it's. It's nothing. I've just been eating cereal out of the box with my hands <laughs> no. all day because I couldn't be fucked going to the shop. So I, tuna and cheese is like a delicacy compared to <laughs> hand cereal. Just you eating hand <laughs> cereal and then the thought bubble above your head. Is it eggs
1: or is it fucks? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks. Love you. Thanks, everyone. Love you and everyone's ears as well. It's the yeah. best. You're the best. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to the imposter syndrome club. Please follow us wherever you find your podcasts. And if you're feeling extra kind rate and review, or if you got any insights or value from this, share with a friend.
0: You can also find us on Instagram at imposter or online at imposter syndrome